Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with Rizzle, and we have a really special spotlight slash interview slash epic conversation that's about to unfold. We are with the man, the myth, the legend, Connie Digital. Welcome to the show, Connie. Hey, thank you. Thank you. So I know everyone knows of you, uh, but I think it'd be really cool to have uh, an introduction about what you've been doing in the space so that the folks at home can get a, a better, deeper, richer understanding about who Connie Digital is. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> so I guess I'm a lot of things. Uh, I do a lot of things, rather. Um, digital artists, I think, uh, is what a lot of people in the crypto space uh, know me for. Uh, but I'm also a songwriter. Uh, I'm also a writer and an editor as well. Um, <clears throat> I've actually been around the crypto space for a few years now, man. Like I started uh, learning about Bitcoin back in 2013 and I started working in the space in 2014 um, with a couple of different projects. Some people may know um, one of them was actually a podcast, Epicenter Bitcoin is what it used to be called, but uh, I think it's just called Epicenter now. So shout out to Sebastian and Brian and Mayhair and the guys over there. And I also did some work with uh, other projects in the space. I did some writing for Cointelegraph. Uh, so I've been around uh, for a good while. Uh, but last year is when I kind of jumped into the whole NFT art craze. And uh, like I said, I think a lot of people uh, know me from uh, creating art um, in that way. Um, but as a young kid, I also um, I wrote songs growing up. I've been writing songs since the age of 12. Uh, I was big into fashion. I had my own fashion line back in the day. I used to sell custom painted T-shirts and jeans and hats out the barbershop and out to school and all types of stuff. And I thought I was going to be a big fashion designer after high school and uh, got accepted to one of the, the top universities in the country. But that didn't really pan out too much. And uh, I guess life had, you know, a different path for me. But Nonetheless, uh, I'm still doing my art. I'm still creating, and I'm just happy to be on a podcast, guys. I'm willing to talk about any and everything. So, dude, I'm I'm trying not to go like super fanboy, uh, like I I was like NBA Top Shot, uh, but but you're one of my favorite dudes in the space, man. And uh, you know, we we connected in NFT NYC, and and one of my favorite things of uh, yours that I've always been a super fan of is the fact that you're willing to kick all the tires throw everything at the wall to see what sticks. And, and I really felt you were like the pioneer of this social currency movement and everything that people are continuing to like flock to and, and glom onto and everything. And I, I never really had the chance to ask you, man. And I've always been like very, very curious. Like you've done a lot of exper experiments with your own hue, uh, social currency and everything. What, were you just literally like, sitting in your basement coming up with ideas like on your own or were you like picking other people's brains or like I, you know I've always joked around that you could see like the fourth dimension before anyone got there and everything but I, I'm curious to know like what what's your process man like what what have you got cooking over there that uh you're able to be ahead of the curve on all these things well that's definitely a loaded question but uh Oh, so I wanted to say this too. Shout out to the guys at Roll. Shout out to Bradley and Sid. And shout out to your listeners too. Um, I wanted to say stick around to the end of this episode. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody how they can get some Hue if they want to get their hands on some Hue. Uh, so I'll be giving a link out at the end so you have to stay tuned. Um, but also, uh, the guys, Bradley actually 
came to me, he sent me an email and he told me about his, his platform and uh, what they were doing and sent me some links to some articles to read, read up about social money and the concept and the company. And uh, so I did. And I seen some of the investors um, who were involved and I seen the team that was involved and I thought it was interesting. Um, I know something like this was, you know, tried in the past, uh, but not as an ERC uh, 20 token. Um, so uh, they already had some people on the platform when I came on, but uh, it wasn't anything art based. Uh, I think there was a musician on there and I think there was uh, a lady on there who does ASMR videos and things like that. So um, when I was conceptualizing what I would do to contribute to the platform, uh, it had to be art centric because that's what I was doing at the time. And the way it was pitched to me was almost like a reward token, like a loyalty point to, you know, reward your fans for social actions, whether that's, you know, liking and retweeting a tweet or commenting on a post or subscribing to a newsletter, whatever it was, social actions, reward your fans, boom. So um, I had to come up with a name. Bradley asked me, so, you know, if you had your own token, what would you call it? And I was like, Hugh. And the reason why I chose Hugh is because it's three letters and it's just short. It's to the point. Everybody knows what Hugh is. It's a word already. That sort of thing. It ties to art. I was just like, man, that's perfect. So I created the, you know, the, the symbol for it. And then I just had to figure out uh, how to launch it, how to present it to everybody. And I think the first thing I did was drop some hue inside my crypto voxels um, gallery at the time. And I had the shout out wall going and people seemed to take to it. And since then, man, it's just been a constant sort of, uh, w uh, constant sort of way of um, distributing it um, and trying to find creative ways to, to get it into the wallets of people. So I see you as like um, being, the, the front runner for popularizing that, especially within the, the crypto art space, the use of social currency and really kind of like bigging up the, the role project for the longest time. I still associate them mainly with crypto artists using social money uh, to promote their work and everything like that. But I'm curious on your end, like after you started integrating uh, Hue and then dude, I love how consistent you are with your giveaways and for like your your newsletter that i subscribe to i, I always look to the bottom that for the additions <laughs> to make sure i can scoop some some hue like it is it's like a really powerful incentive actually funny enough um but for you as a as a creator are you seeing like increased engagement since uh, you have been incorporating and create and created your social money hue yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, it's an interesting uh, subject matter. And I think uh, crypto incentivized social actions specifically are underutilized, right? So um, using social money, I'm able to drive traffic or uh, certain results that I'm looking for. And I'll give you an example, right? So uh, yesterday I dropped a guest blog post, uh, shout out to Pinata. Uh, we dropped a post on their medium publication yesterday in regards to IPFS and NFTs and digital art. <clears throat> and uh, so they sent out a tweet to promote the article. And so to uh, push it further and have further reach, I use Hue uh, to incentivize the community to like it, to retweet it uh, so that we have further exposure so that I can build up uh, the number of views and the number of, of reads and, you know, the number of claps on medium, what have you. So I think uh, using social money as a form of incentive is awesome. Um, like I said, driving traffic to either my website or to crypto voxels or to whatever I have going on. I always see an uptick when people know that they'll be rewarded for participating and helping and taking action. Yeah. Yo, 
I, I believe it, man. I, I feel like, I, I mean, I've, you know, been lurking on the role, um, discord and everything and seeing the uptick in engagement of people who are offering social currency. Uh, do you feel like there's like, uh, is it basically for likes and retweets that you get the best bang for the buck, so to speak, or like, for example, I, I have a, uh, human.eth address of yours and I'm pretty sure I've profited on it on this point. I was like one of the early ones to get it for like 600 hue. And I'm pretty sure I've eclipsed that. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a negative in Connie's eyes. He's like absolutely losing money on me. So I'm like, you know, in your opinion with the social currency, like, you know, and, and I respect it that you're, you know, trying a lot of different things with it. And I feel like that's the only way you feel or that's the only way you figure out what works. Um, is it mostly like the reward as a reward token for like likes, retweets, uh, posts, you know, that kind of thing that you've seen the most success with it? Um, maybe it might be because uh, that's what I've been using it the most for. I think um, like you mentioned uh, the role discord server, a lot of that goes on in there, but I think that's really just scratching the surface. I mean, it really could be used for, any and everything. Like, like I said earlier, um, the people who listen to this whole episode, I have an opportunity to earn some hue just for listening. Right. So there are different ways people can earn these tokens. I think it just takes some creativity, uh, and some just initiative to try something new and different. Uh, the Twitter aspect of it is great. Um, hopefully the guys over at roll will implement some sort of way to add social media posts into their platform where people can just log on to roll and see what's available and, find ways to earn tokens by sharing things on social media, something along those lines. Um, but that's, again, just scratching the surface. You can really use it to do all types of things, I think. Dude, I'm excited to be part of your like new experiment <laughs> with, with our podcast. Sorry, man, go ahead. One of the main strengths of Hue is the fact that it is actually valuable. You can use Hue to, for many different things. Like you have your own rewards that, that you, you have listed over and roll. But the other dope thing that I've discovered folks are engaging with Q with is that they're actually listing their own work and denominating and selling it in Hue. Like for example, Urban, um, the lens-based artist, I actually scooped two of his pieces. I could only scoop his pieces if I had Hue. <laughs> so, but then I was talking with uh, Paola the other day and she's listing like several of her works over on her OpenSea marketplace in Hue as well. And I asked her, I was like, why, why Hue? Like, uh, like did Connie put you up to this or something like that? <laughs> and, no. and, she, and, she, and she's like, absolutely not. Like it's a great community. Uh, I feel like it's a really great association to have. I feel like that is something is exciting. And I haven't seen many other creators have that same sort of, I guess, reaction with people outside of themselves in terms of like listing their products uh, in their own social currency. But the more that people do that, the more I feel like that acceptance uh, with people actually valuing and, and assigning more value uh, to the social currency uh, than already exists. So I feel like that trend is, is, is amazing. And I've been quite surprised to see that start to proliferate. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I was quite surprised and I'm very appreciative and thankful for each and everyone who has implemented Hue on their uh, OpenSea contract. Um, so that's really the thing. It's like if you have your own contract on OpenSea and you want to accept Hue, 
uh, you can. And the people that do, like I said, I'm, I'm super thankful for it. Um, I think we're up over 20 contracts now, 20 storefronts on OpenSea that are accepting you, um, including like Marble Cards, the Blockchain Art Exchange. Shout out to Sasha Bailey. Um, so, yeah, man, it's really exciting. Dude, I know. I, I keep like looking at stuff on OpenSea, like to uh, totally unrelated projects, and they're only accepting you. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I can't, <laughs> I can't escape Connie if I tried. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that it's fantastic, man. I mean, it's it's to your credit as you know, a grinder and and a hustler and everything. Um, dude, I, I read through your uh, article and everything on IPFS and Pinata, and uh, I'm I'm curious to hear like the uh, you know, nitty gritty on that and everything. Cause my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because it seems like you have a way deeper understanding of this than I do. But my understanding is IPFS is essentially like a temporary solution to a larger problem. And, and Pinata has made that temporary solution like much more accessible for people. Um, but, but, you know, clear the air for me, man. Maybe I'm like, you know, going down the wrong road here. No, uh, so I want to preface this by saying I am not a dev, right? I, I don't know how to code or any of that stuff, right? So my knowledge base is very limited, um, but I did do some research clearly to have written this article. But um, from my understanding, you know, all the major platforms that are doing NFT art, super rare, known origin, makerspace, etc., cetera, um, are using IPFS as a solution to uh, store the artwork, Right. But when you are minting on your own personal smart contract, you don't really have that option. And Pinata uh, is an option for people who are kind of, you know, doing their own thing. Um, I'm sure there are other options. I think um, the major platforms use Infura, I think is how you say it. Um, And there may be some other options. But personally, uh, I've used Pinata. I think it's just seamless and and easy to do. Now, so long as uh, you keep the. Uh, the artwork or the file pinned to IPFS, uh, it should stay there indefinitely. You shouldn't have a problem um, from my understanding, but I don't know uh, as far as like a a long-term solution. I think the guys over, uh, you guys actually, Rizzle, uh, at N42, right? You guys are doing something with Arweave or? um, Yeah, uh, NFT42. We're essentially trying to put everything on the blockchain and going to release a decentralized minting platform that, that does that. Uh, but that, that is not out yet. And my understanding is at this point, IPFS and probably streamlining that procedure with Pinata makes the most sense for a lot of people. Um, so can you like, if I'm an artist, can you like, give me like a super explain it like I'm five? Like if I don't like, do, do I need like a second level of understanding to understand why IPFS and Pinata is important or like, is there like a layman's terms way to break it down? Well, it's important because um, it stores your file indefinitely, right? So if you're selling an NFT to a collector, the collector wants to know that their file that they purchase or the artwork that they purchase will be around, right? So like if you have your file just stored on your hard drive or in your personal Google Cloud account or whatever, right, it's, it's limited, right? So, and it's centralized. But using something like IPFS through Pinata gives a collector some um, security and assurity that this digital file that they purchase has been pinned to IPFS uh, and can potentially be there indefinitely. So I think um, from a collector's point of view, that's very valuable and very important. And from an artist's perspective, I think that's something that you should want to do 
because it's I think it's just right to do. Um, there's actually another article that I included at the bottom of my article uh, that Kyle Tut from Pinata wrote that kind of touches on who's responsible uh, for the data. So, um, you know, this is all new stuff and people are trying to figure out what works best. But the idea being that if I upload my digital art to IPFS and I uh, sell my NFT token to a collector, um, like I can guarantee the collector that I'll keep it pinned for X amount of time, say three, five years. Uh, and then after that time, it'd be the collector's responsibility to ensure uh, the longevity of, of the pin, you know? So I think there'll be a way on Pinata specifically to transfer the, the pinning capability. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I don't want to misspeak with what they have planned, but um, sort of along those lines where the collector eventually will be responsible for maintaining and, and, uh, keeping the follow alive. We were just talking about how, you know, as time goes on, the artists who like almost solely lived on one or two of these sites have now started branching out and, you know, quote unquote, going rogue and doing their own thing. So I feel like this is a very important concept for a lot of people who, uh, you know, have been in this space long enough to get past like the first layer of, um, you know, popular platforms and are now interested in creating a brand for themselves outside of that and everything. So, uh, you know, th this is important information for sure. I agree. I really enjoyed the, the article. I feel like your, this announcement made it more accessible for, especially if, if I'm not a, a <laughs> for you, <laughs> uh, but for, for other creators who like are, are thinking about, have, uh, getting into crypto art, but um, maybe thinking about going with a platform uh, primarily just because it's easier, but having this sort of knowledge uh, and then just like the, the value of having uh, your own like uh, smart contract that you can use to mint your work and then understanding tools like Pinata, um, you're just giving the individual creators more power to, to make the, the better choice or the best choice for them. So man, are you going to keep uh, writing these articles like is this a one-off deal with uh, you and, and pinata because i feel like your writing your insight in the space is, is so clarifying and valuable to the individual creators out there that i would hope you would keep writing uh in, in this sort of technical capacity to help <laughs> get folks a better understanding of everything no i appreciate that uh the feedback has been awesome. Like uh, I've been getting a lot of good feedback uh, for the article and I don't know, um, could it be a one-off maybe, but uh, you know, I like to write, I like to create, you know, in various forms. So we'll see. Um, the pinata guys um, came to me with the opportunity. So I kind of ran with it, but we'll see what happens next. Dude, I'm, I'm curious to know uh, how you see yourself in this space. I mean, obviously you've got, like a, a myriad of talents, uh, you know, legitimately. And, and a lot of stuff you've been, you know, tinkering with and practicing with for a long time. And maybe the answer is just like, you know, you're intrinsically an artist and expressing yourself through like various mediums and everything. But uh, I, I'm curious to know, like, where do you have like one point where your passions like really lie? Like, do you like doing all this stuff, but you, you know, deep down at heart would love to be like a professional musician or something like that. I, I mean, you've got <laughs> skill sets and skill sets and knowledge in all these areas and have sort of like pushed out, you know, some stuff in a little bit of everything. Like what, you know, if, if uh, the decision was on a table for you to make the call, what, what would you like to be doing? Or is this something along the lines of what you would like to be doing? Wow. Um, that's, 
a really tough question, actually, because I don't necessarily have an answer because I'm into so many different things and I enjoy doing all of it, really. Um, writing, I guess, less than other things, but songwriting, probably the most. I love writing songs. I love listening to music and just coming up with concepts and putting words together and um, the art too. See, actually what happened was back in the day when I would write music, right? I had to create the artwork for my song. So that kind of, that synergy between those two things, it was really dope to me. And also this is a cool segue. Um, I have a, a, a collaboration song coming out called Social Money um, with the guys from Roll. Um, it's myself, Little B, and a few other people. We collaborated on the song that should be coming out. I don't know when, but you guys can definitely look out for that. But um, yeah, man, I think probably music and the art that's associated with it. I would love to do music videos. I'm not really big into being in front of the camera, but I'm trying to get over that. I'm also really not big into you know doing audio, but I'm trying to get over that as well. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out myself. And then, well, I know uh, a couple other people are trying to put on like uh, concerts in crypto voxels. Um, I'm not sure if the same thing is happening over in Decentraland. Uh, are you? Have you received any contact or inv- invitations to kind of get together and, and do any of these performances in the virtual <laughs> world? He gets like three yeah. from me a day. Yeah, Rizzle, keep, Rizzle, Rizzle keeps harassing me, man. <laughs> I'm not, uh, and I'm not going to stop, dude. So go ahead, continue with this conversation. Hilarious. Uh, and um, as as in crypto uh, is asking me to do like a freestyle thing in crypto voxels, but it's like, man, I'm not a battle rapper for one. Um, no offense to anybody who is a battle rapper. I love battle rappers, but you know. The audio in crypto voxels, I don't think it's up to par yet. You know, sometimes you hear the person, sometimes you don't. Um, so I don't know that it's technically where it should be. Um, but yeah, outside of Rizzle and uh, as I haven't really had any offers. So, Dude, once we get the audio nailed down, then you know all you need to beat is Ez. <laughs> and, then, and then the battle is over, man. I, but I, I wouldn't sell him short either because if he knows he's going to be on stage, you better believe he's going to be practicing from like now till then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, for real, man. I, I mean, I, I would like to think that the opportunities will present themselves for, for people like yourself in the virtual space uh before not too long because more and more people are flocking into that area and looking for stuff like that um so so i'm gonna keep harassing you dude especially like on the heels of this knowing that that's what you're most uh interested in and everything um okay but yeah (laughs) go ahead man yeah so i mean i I just want to kind of touch on uh, what you're doing over in, in the virtual reality uh, worlds so because you were also like a trailblazer in my eyes in that regard too um you mentioned when you started with your with hue your social currency uh one of the first early uh applications of that was to incentivize folks on scent and anywhere to come into your crypto voxel uh parcel and then sign that wall like that was so dope that was my first interaction with uh the social currency uh, that was still early days and like figuring out what's going on with crypto voxels. And you really, I think, again, I attribute the huge build out and uh, just 
um, very recent success, uh, an explosion of um, popularity in our small niche uh, in CryptoVoxels to you. And like starting that event where you had multiple people in world at the same time, seeing one another perform that like unique action of trying to sign your wall. Like that was somehow special. It was cool. Um, because it was like the first time that's ever been done as far as I know. But I know recently you've been doing a lot of stuff over in Decentraland. So I'm just curious, your take, like the state of virtual reality, uh, Decentraland versus CryptoVoxels versus maybe like project like Sandbox that's coming up on the radar. Just, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, great question. Yeah, that, that is a really good question. Um, I think it's all exciting. I think it's all new and fresh and fun. And it, it's exciting to see everybody like jump in and try to figure out what's going on and try to create stuff and uh, share it with everybody. I think it's, I think it's exciting, man. Um, personally, from an aesthetic point of view, uh, I like Decentraland better than Sandbox and CryptoVoxels. And um, I can never say the name Somnium Space. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I just think the central land has a better aesthetic for me um, and it's more built out. Uh, but I like crypto voxels for the fact that I'm in more control. Right. So if you don't have land on the central land, which is pretty expensive nowadays, and you're not really sure how to build on their builder and that sort of it, it could be very um, challenging. And there's a barrier to entry for people to create in that world. But, you know, with crypto voxels, it's more accessible and people are able to it's, you know, like Minecraft in a sense, right? So um, I really like that aspect of, of crypto voxels. Um, and as we've been seeing, like you guys keep crashing the platform, like you, you have your uh, work in progress and different things going on and they can't really um, host all those people at the same time. So clearly there's some scaling issues that need to be fixed, which I'm sure they will. Um, but man, I think it's cool for the space overall just to explore and experiment and, and try everything. Dude, so next, next, like, you know, three to six months, what are you focusing most of your time and attention on? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I would like to say music. I really would. Um, my, my biggest hurdle with that is um, just production. And because um, I don't actually create the beats, you know, I'm, I'm just the songwriter and the recording artist. But if I can get some production, I, mean, I would love to make some more uh, MP4 uh, NFTs. Uh, yeah. I, th I think those are very underutilized right now as well. Um, totally. And, yeah. So I would like to do more of that, man. Um, but I, I also have something. Shout out to No Shot. Uh, we're working on something pretty cool, too. Um, also, next month, there's like the consensus from um, the conference from Coindesk. Um, because of the state of the world, there's not actually going to be a physical event. So it's going to be uh, a virtual sort of thing. And um, there's going to be um, a tour, I believe. Uh, I don't know how much I can say, but uh, I'm working with some people in regards to, to helping out uh, with that conference. So Fair enough, man. I, I saw the, the preview that you had teased that looked like it was going to be hosted in Decentraland, or at least it was a teaser, like in Decentraland style. Oh, no, no. See, I, I think you're talking about CoinFest. Yeah, that's something. Oh, that was, uh, yeah. Sorry, man. I think you're right. Yep. CoinFest, um, that was definitely in Decentraland. Uh, that was uh, a week or two ago. And were you a part of that or, or were you there for that? I, I did not have a chance to pop in and I'm curious to how, to know how that went and what kind of turnout they had for something like that. 
Yeah, man. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to participate uh, with one of the venues. So basically what happened was the, the convention happened over multiple days. I think it started like on March 31st and it ended around April 3rd or 4th. Um, so there was multiple days and um, they were hosting different events at in multiple venues. And uh, I had the opportunity to create some art uh, and display it in the Sugar Club, which is actually one of the uh, cooler venues uh, in Decentraland. It's a, it's a nightclub. You can go there, you can listen to music, you can have your, your avatar dance with other avatars and chat and <laughs> check out some art. You know, it's, it's pretty fascinating. So. Well, so give us, give us like the lowdown, man. What, what did they like, based on your experience with that event, like what did they do right? And what, what areas of improvement are there, you know, open for? Um, well, actually, um, so one of the things I would critique, they've actually already um, implemented since CoinFest has ended, which is actually a events calendar. Um, so if you go to, I think it's events.decentraland.org, there's now a, a whole web page full of different uh, events and you can schedule your own event and you can have people RSVP with their avatars and you can get a, a count of how many people are, are going to attend. And there's a, a link to easily jump in world when, when the time arrives. And so uh, launching the whole events page, I think was uh, a needed thing for CoinFest. It just didn't happen in time. Um, but besides that, um, I believe there is audio in world audio now um, for Decentraland. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, those would be my only critiques really. In terms of, participation like number of folks that attended that in world do you have any insight into those numbers during the course of that event uh for the overall event which spanned a couple of days i don't i i think um a gentleman he's on twitter he's also on on youtube he has a couple different uh profiles it's either dcl blogger or dcl plaza um he put out a video uh, detailing like some of the statistics behind attendance uh, for the CoinFest event because he was actually um, part of helping launch the whole thing. Um, but I do know from the people over at Sugar Club, uh, she sent me a message saying there were 60 or 70 people on two different servers uh, at one particular time, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, it was just listening to Cody talk about his recent event in CryptoVoxels, the stand to get out or whatever. He said that it was around over 5,000 folks stopped through throughout that week. So it was, that was massive. Yeah, and like of course the weekend or something. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. When he dropped that figure, I was like, Holy F like I, I was, I knew there was a lot of people there. I, I had no idea it reached that much. Like, which is small beans for like any other like website, like 5,000 people, like what are we talking about? But like <laughs> right. for, for an in-world event, like it's, it's pretty huge and it, the numbers are only getting bigger. So yeah, man, shout out to Cody. I feel like the rate at which all these events are scaling is like basically exponential compared to months ago and, and everything like that. So it seems like it's only regardless of what, uh, platform you're hosting your event and it seems like it's only going to get bigger as like people become more comfortable with the technologies and everything behind it and uh, ease of access is is a thing and everything hell yeah man dude this is so great to catch up with you man i feel like it's been like way too long I, and we were talking about it before this podcast it's like it's only been like six seven weeks since we hung out in nft nyc but i feel like everything has changed 
the world uh, has changed. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. Well, uh, that there's that's a fair point, man. The world has changed and everything. Has that changed your game at all, or were you already sort of working from home and doing your thing, and and now you're just sort of capitalizing on you know the way things have turned out? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, it was definitely a work from home situation uh, for me to begin with. So that much hasn't changed. Yeah. But it is crazy, man. Like we were talking about, it feels like forever ago. Like it was less than two months ago. We we had a chance to meet up and it was such a good time, man. I really enjoyed myself at uh, NFT NYC. It was really cool to catch up with you guys and meet you in person and uh, everybody else who was there too. So, but um, yeah, man, it feels like forever ago. It may have been like a very fortuitous event because who knows when the next like in real life event is going to happen again. And now we're all scratching our heads trying to put together, uh, you know, virtual reality shows and pull conventions into crypto voxels into central land and everything like that. So I, I feel very fortunate to have been able to attend that event and meet so many awesome people, including yourselves uh, and everything and, uh, you know, have you on here. So and feel very privileged, man. I know you don't do this very, very often. And you had mentioned earlier that like, you know, audio video is not your thing. So uh, you, you for for it not being your thing, man, you come across like very easy to talk to and very natural. That just means we need to like do more of this shit, dude. <laughs> Support that. And yeah. when Connie broached the subject over on Twitter, I was like scrambling to try to get everything together. I know Rizzo, we're all in different time zones and Rizzo has uh, different commitments and we're just like i was like we got to get them on we can't miss this window of opportunity Clear the calendar <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah but yeah, before we go on I, I you dropped this and then you kind of moved on really quickly and i was like what the f um but no shot collaboration like is there any other seeds that you can plant in people's uh, minds in terms of what to expect uh, with your collaboration with no shot uh i wish i could i'm uh, um it's god, his project god damn you so. <laughs> So I'll, I'll let him do the honors, but it, it's coming soon. So look out for a uh, no shot. That's awesome. Wow, man. That's so cryptic. Not even like a, it's going to be really cool or like anything. Just like, yeah. I mean, we've collaborated in the past. Uh, I don't know <laughs> no, if got- dude, I got nothing but respect for no shot. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's great. It was cool meeting him too. And Colin and Jim and man, what are we still going to do? Sintfest is is that even possible now, man? Can we like, if the world comes back to to normal, uh, I think that is the plan though. Um, like the virtual events are definitely going to be something like a separate extension of what what we want to do. But like the real world events, that's where like the secret sauce is. Like meeting up, like we we did over in in uh, NYC. Like that was awesome. I, I just feel so privileged again to like kind of thread the needle um between everything that that's happened since that we were able to to all meet up in new york during that time and and share those few days together like that that's kind of everything like in this madness now just thinking back upon those memories and again everyone knew one another before that but i feel like after that people were just like like these are my brothers (laughs) like you know what i mean it's kind of kind of cool yeah Dude, hell yeah. If if Scent Fest, if you were like, yo, Scent Fest is going to happen tomorrow, I'd be like, all right, I'm there. I'm <laughs> booking my flight like right this second. Uh, I mean, truly, I mean, that's that's how impactful that event uh, was. And 
uh, I agree, man. We all knew each other beforehand and everything, but the bonds you form at something like that are like something different. And my idea for Scentfest is fucking epic to have it like at an all-inclusive in the Caribbean <laughs> where people can earn their way there, right? I'm going to show this shit. You can edit this out, dude. But I'm like, Scentfest <laughs> 2021 <laughs> should fucking happen because it's going to be dope. And uh, you can hang out with three of us. Oh, um, yeah. So. And yeah, we have the opportunity to shut every night down like we did before. Like, I can't believe multiple nights, like we were last last folks standing in new york city shit was epic <laughs> yes, yeah, man. <laughs> that's exactly the way it should have been in my head yeah i'm like i'm not started. going yeah dude exactly right I, i'm like it, it it couldn't have been any better uh than it ended up there and uh and and this is the result man we got connie digital on our podcast exclusive shit that like no other podcast can <laughs> can do but us because wow. of the relationships we've forged in NFT NYC and because we're cool as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you, Rizzo. Thanks, man. Get, just get on that rap battle, man. Just keep practicing. It's easy. <laughs> so, so did we hit everything that you wanted to cover? Uh, Connie, I want to make sure that we shout out everything. You have your hand in so many different projects. I want to make sure each project uh, gets fair due. But I, I'm kind of curious to hear what this this Hugh giveaway will be about. Oh, yeah, man. So um, everybody who's listening can go to my website, right? So if you go to danky.art forward slash pages, P-A-G-E-S forward slash podcast. So it's danky.art forward slash pages forward slash podcast. You can get yourself some Hugh. It's there now. So it's limited. So first come, first serve. How many podcasts are on that page? This is the first podcast, Fuck the yeah. only podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and, and also, I just want to say shout out to Giselle Flores, because I had an opportunity to do uh, another podcast with uh, one of the guys who helped put on NFT NYC. Um, and he asked me to do the show. And, you know, I'm not really big on podcasts or audio. Um, so I actually turned it down. But uh, in doing so, I gave him some other people who I thought he should speak to. And Giselle being one of them, and she told me, man, it'd be great if you actually did a podcast. I would love to listen uh, and hear what you have to say. So shout out to her. She actually helped uh, inspire me to actually get on here as well. So Giselle X is, is awesome. Boom. I, on that note, man, we can wrap this up uh, to keep this nice and short and sweet for the folks. There's a lot in this episode that we touched on. I'm so excited to, again, just keep watching your creative journey, man, and continue to be inspired by you um, to just keep trying new things. It's, it's, it's an honor and a, and a privilege. It really is. But dude, thank you for hopping on the show. I hope it's not the, the last time. I'm sure it's not the last time. And yeah, man, just keep doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here and I look forward to doing it again. Hey everybody, this is Matthew, and Rizzo and I are back with a really special hybrid scent spotlight and special interview. This week, we're really excited to have a conversation with the infamous, the man, the myth, the legend, Connie Digital. And we talked about a lot. We started off the show talking about how Connie is able to get into areas so early. Uh, we also talk about the impact of adopting his own social money, Hugh, uh, what some of the main success cases have been with that. 
We get a little technical talking about Pinata and IPFS and why new artists may want to consider starting their own smart contract when they come into crypto art. We also talk about some of the future plans that Kanye has as they relate to music and songwriting. We talk about virtual reality worlds. We tease a really dope sounding project that Kanye has on the works with no shots. And we catch up after our meetup in February over at NFT NYC. And at the very end, Connie dropped some awesome news for listeners. So make sure you listen to the end of this podcast because there is a really special announcement that any Hugh fans won't want to miss. So we're really excited that Connie got on our show. He doesn't do podcasts at all. So we're, we're quite honored and humbled to have him as a guest. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Connie Digital. Hey everybody, it's Matthew again, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Connie Digital as much as we did recording it. Hopefully some of you were able to claim some hue after following the directions that Connie gave at the end. If so, congrats to y'all. And as always, if you haven't yet subscribed to our show, you can click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Heading forward, we have James from the Rare Arts Festival and another guest appearance by Jimmy talking about the latest development with Avastars, but also a new project, InfoNFT. On the spotlight front, we have a nice pipeline with creators such as Paola, Brian Brinkman, Sarah Zucker, and Tubador. So look out for all of those to drop in the weeks ahead. If you have any suggestions on guests you'd like to hear, shoot me a message over on Scent or on Twitter at Breadcrumbs. And until next time, Scent on. Podcast. Podcast.